Hello, welcome to Story on the Spot. I am here with Mr. R.A. McGee, Doug Pratt, and the disappearing Nick Thacker was here. He's having some internet issues he's got to figure out. Uh, unfortunately, Kevin Tomlinson was not able to be with us today because he got picked up by La Migra last night. So he is currently on a bus to Tijuana, and we hope that he'll be able to come back soon. Hey, Nick. And we will be right back after our introduction. This is Story on the Spot. We want to say hey to Doug. Hey, Doug. Welcome back. Hey to Doug. Hey to Doug. Uh, <laughs> Doug looks a little frozen. Either that or he's being super scary. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, I have to reshare my screen because I had to. Ah. We're all having some internet issues. Um, so welcome to Story on the Spot, episode number 27. Let me. What's going on? Uh, whoa. Doug's like 30 seconds behind everybody. Doug, can you hear us okay? <laughs> I can hear you, yes. All right, great. Um, so this is Story on the Spot. You can vote by comment after each round and visit storyonthespot.live to see more about the show, to find all the past episodes, and also to find the individual websites of all these sots who are with us on the show. Uh, because pretty much everybody here offers a free book for listeners or for um, readers, right? Absolutely. Yes, wow, yes. Nick has three. I got better, three as well. So better than these guys. And I also have three. So I'm equal to Douglas, apparently. <laughs> I only have one. Only. <laughs> I'm always the loser. <laughs> um. So last week's winner was Dave and Doug. They tied. Woo-hoo! I added up all yes. the votes, and uh, we had quite a lot of votes last week. And uh, Dave and Doug, not even you me, did it. So Doug, you can claim half a victory. Woohoo! I'll take oh, it. <laughs> nice. And uh, so for the viewers, here's what you're going to do. Watch each pitch. We're going to do three or four rounds, depending on how much time it takes. And then each person will get a chance to pitch a story in each round. Then you will vote by comment which one was your favorite. And then next week, tune in and see who won. And one other, just kicking up some housekeeping here. We are going to try to keep to Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern time as our standard uh, meeting time. So unless there's something that comes up, like we need to change the time for some reason, we should always be at 2 p.m. Eastern time. So that's 7 p.m. London, 11 a.m. L.A. time. What about and, Australia? Um, Australia doesn't count. They're like the next oh, day. That's right. They're underneath us. So, <laughs> Ooh, ouch. Lisa said that she liked Ari's book and Nick said it was an okay book. Let's be honest. Nick has never read any of my books. So he would he wouldn't know. Careful what you wish for there, Bub. <laughs> he wouldn't know. Okay. So mm. today's bonus word is intermittent, which means occasional. Mm. So if you can work intermittent into one word. of your yeah. stories, everybody Heard knows this one. Before. Feel familiar. If you can work into one of your stories, you get this plus a bonus point. All right, I believe we're ready to get started. Okay, here is round number one. This is a story prompt called With All the Fiexins. 
A 17-year-old was taken into custody into the hospital after he caused a disturbance at a Petro Deli north of Topeka, Kansas. The teen was naked except for the ranch dressing smeared all over his body, damaged merchandise in the store, then ran out and jumped in a running car, which he crashed into a pillar. Investigators said he was, quote, under the influence of a substance. He was released to the custody of his parents. Now, who here among you wants to be the first to jump in and pitch us a story based on this teenager who was all ranched up and decided to cause some havoc in a deli? Everybody's everybody's given that face, but he's given that I don't want to touch it face. I'm going to let you pick somebody. I'm going to have to pick somebody, huh? Yeah, you got to arbit well, this one. <laughs> Doug, see. you want to go? Uh-oh. Doug, we can't hear you. Yeah. I'll go ahead. I've... Doug, you there? Uh, I guess we should just skip this one. <laughs> 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 All right. Doug took the route of... Uh, Listen, I'll I'll go. I went, you know, I went first last week. I'll go first this week too. I'm always ready. So this is what I think is happening. Okay, I think that you're dealing with a young man who who grew up uh, as a very strict vegan. Okay, so he lives in a in a small part of uh, of Kansas where you know his whole little town. It's like a weird. X-Files kind of thing, like none of them eat, you know, any any meat or cheese or, or dairy or anything like that. Well, uh, he got a chance to go on a uh, uh, like a school trip, you know what I mean? And so for the first time, he was exposed to things he was never exposed to before. So he went by a, uh, a pizza restaurant and he went in with everyone. And, you know, he's 17. He's feeling his Wheaties to thumb his nose at his parents a little bit. Uh, he decides he's going to eat the pizza. Well, what he didn't know is, is that he's deathly allergic to pizza, right? It's like celiac disease times a thousand. So when they say he's under the influence of something, he's actually under the influence of, of gluten. All right. And so the gluten is just tearing through his mind and it's making him act crazy. It's making him overheat. That's why he's got the ranch dressing all over his body. He's trying to cool himself down and he's pouring those packets of ranch on him and it's just not working. And so he's just out, you know, running, trying to burn off the gluten high. And it's just it's an unfortunate thing for this young man. So I think that's what's going on in Kansas. Under the influence of gluten is our first contender for episode title. (laughs) I love it. I love it. (laughs) All right. Doug has once again disappeared. All right. Um, all right, I got this. Here's this is what's going on here. It's been two weeks, so I've been kind of preparing my random stories um, so I can come <laughs> back with a bang. What we've got here is a oh, new camera system. There we go. How's that? Right into the camera. Beautiful. Yeah, that's what's we've up. got a classic story, folks, ladies and gentlemen, everyone watching worldwide. Um, we've got a classic case here of mind control. Uh, we've we've got a, a, a town um, where essentially. Um, some 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 genius company, some billionaire started a company, um, and uh, and he's let me back up. The, the the billionaire has moved to this place to launch his company uh, because he has some uh, very 
intriguing demographic information. Now, this is going to be hashtag topical, so just get that button ready, Jimbo. Mm. Um, so he has discovered that the Republicans in this town, for the most part, all seem to really love eating ranch. Um, and the, um, the, the liberal crowd, the, the more left-leaning people, typically don't like ranch. Um, and so he's discovered this and instead of telling people this and trying to study it a little bit, he, he comes up with a, with a, with an idea. He's always wanted to test this chemical that he's created in a lab, um, on the human population, uh, that allows people to be controlled by, by him from a computer system. So he puts, uh, he puts this chemical in the ranch dressing and starts distributing it. And, you know, it's a small, small town. So he kind of starts locally. It's a local ranch dressing. Um, that of course all the Republicans love. Um, and this 17 year old kid who, who is working at the plant and, uh, is, is very right wing, um, starts to kind of figure it out. You know, he starts to kind of, kind of realize what's going on. And so he tries to go in and be the hero and save the day. Um, so he goes and he runs in and he's trying to, to make a, make a scene so that the police will be there so we can kind of get some publicity for, for the truth that he's about to drop on everybody in this town. And the security at the at the place, um, they this is Sparta him into a big vat of ranch dressing um, in order to uh, to take him down. That's that's what the security guards have been trained to do. Um, and so <clears throat> he climbs out, you know, full of ranch and the security guard. And they're like, hey, what, what do we, you want it to take him out? And he's and the, the owner's like, no, 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 just don't worry about it. I got this. And so he lets the little ranch um, covered 17 year old run into a deli um, nearby and uh, and the whole time he's controlling him uh, from his computer system that he's built. Um, and when it's time, he wraps his car around a pillar and, uh, um, you know, is eventually he's going to, you know, cause this kid to essentially kill himself um, because he's controlling the kid. And so, I mean, that's just classic, classic. Mm -hmm. story, so. Jack Curl says under the influence of ranch and Desiree says that gluten is a killer. Hey, Doug, can you hear and see us? Is everything all right over there? I can hear you and see you. Can you hear me? Ex yes. Yes. Good. Did you just decide good. to like plug in the fast internet now or what? <laughs> I don't know. I think everybody's in reset, re like reloading for some reason, watching CNN. I don't know. It's, internet is just kind of crazy. So um, I think most people are probably watching this. I think CNN oh, yeah. I mean, of course. The list right now. I mean, this is, you know, we got, this is the most important election going on this week. So, um, <laughs> But. Your vote matters. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> On Sots, your vote counts. There's no voter fraud here. Doug, um, do you... Yeah. Uh-oh, we're losing Doug again. He really doesn't want to do this story, does he? <laughs> <He's>... <laughs> you got... Uh, oh, my goodness. Uh, my idea was so good. Uh, 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 I'm not going to be able to share it. <laughs> it's all fake. It's all fake. Doug, do you want to hear me now? Yeah, can you, do you want to pitch a story yes. on the um yes. the, the ranch yes. kid? Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, this is in Topeka, and um, I don't know what you know about Topeka, but it is a hotbed for some drug activity. Um, and they've been they've been selling it and smuggling it in containers of ranch, um, because it's, nobody's testing it and these kids were putting it on everything i mean why else would you put ranch on pizza it, it doesn't make any sense unless it's got crack it's got crack <laughs> which is like powder you just mix it in <laughs> uh, we'll never know it's, it's a dry mix you know and then so 
going to take forever. <laughs> Story's almost better this way, though. Like, it's so on the blanks. It's like next? serialized fiction What's now. Next, What's next? It's old school Charles Dickens, man. Tune in next week for the next chapter. Doug, can you hear That's us? Right. So okay, there he is. <laughs> can you hear me? I, I sometimes. Don't the whole time. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, it's on my end. Excellent. Thanks, Doug. <laughs> now we're gonna. <laughs> Powdered crack. It turned out, you know, the parts I heard were pretty interesting. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. The gist, though, right? I mean, <laughs> we can fill in the blanks. Okay. Here's round two is another character plot twist. So the way this works is this will probably be the last one for a while because I was really struggling to come up with prompts for this one. So everybody's going to pick a character and a plot and a twist. And I will read through them now while you guys are thinking about it. Character can be a hungry hippo, a vivacious pirate, a rodeo clown, a driftwood sculptor, or a forklift operator. The plot is to earn a hundred bucks, to win a race, to lose weight, to plant a garden, or to raise a virtual pet, like a Tamagotchi or whatever those things were called. Remember those? The twist is that the bad guys win. The setting is on a reality TV set. It takes place in the 2300s. The protagonist has lifelong hiccups, or the setting is in Mardi Gras or during Mardi Gras. And while you guys are thinking about that for a second, some comments here. Marvel Laporte, Fringe Science Law. And Ron says, whoops, there he goes on the I don't know what that is. RH Braun, Lisa votes round one to RA. I think everybody should vote for Doug for round one because. Screw the man. Um, <laughs> okay, so who went last last time? That would be Doug. So, Doug, you can pick your character, your plot, and your twist. Let me know what they are, and then we can go. Okay, well, I'm going to choose a driftwood sculptor who okay. is um, looking to earn $100. Um, and this, and hmm, the twist will be... Let's say he has, um, it's in Mardi Gras. Okay. Mardi Gras. I don't know where I'm going to go with this. So. But we have, <laughs> y'all can still hear me, right? I don't want to. Yeah. Oh, you're good, okay. Doug is about to tell us Solid. a story about a driftwood sculptor who's trying to earn a hundred bucks during Mardi Gras. Uh, okay, so. It's going to get dirty. <laughs> <laughs> it's Mardi Gras. <laughs> what do you think he's sculpting? I mean, <laughs> the name of his company happens to be Got Driftwood, but. Uh, but Anyway, this James, who is a uh, who's a sculptor by trade and has often um, lived intermittently along the coast, um, where he picked up um, lots of driftwood and started carving and and you know making just different sculptures out of them. And he um, he he just but you know, for Mississippians, it's a long, long, long way. You should sample that noise, Nick. That was awesome <laughs> for something. <laughs> Doug, we're not. We're, Doug, we're not getting anything, man. <laughs> <That'll> be... 
Are you sure Kevin can't make it today? <laughs> okay. Hey, Doug, there you are. You're back. Yes. The last thing right. we got in your story was that's where you left off. That was, that was that was the gist of it right there, actually. I mean, it was <laughs> brilliant. I mean, I mean, I heard Nick's crack about Kevin. It was a little hurtful, by the way. But, you know, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that I came mean, through just fine, didn't it, Doug? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I hear everything you're saying. This is me. That's all I'm saying. This is bullying, cyberbullying at that. So, yeah, you know, what else you want to do? <laughs> so, James, the driftwood sculptor, is heading to Mardi Gras, and he needs to make $100. So, you know, he, he lives about 100 miles in Mississippi, where... $100 will take you a long way on a bus. So he decides that he's going to go out and collect his this driftwood and start sculpting things. And he likes to go to the seashore, but he'll also intermittently go to the the river and pick up some some driftwood there. And he likes to carve, you know, fancy things, the bookends and and some tables and stuff like that. And he sets up a market and you know, as he's setting it up one day, he uh, he meets this lovely, lovely girl who happens to be a driftwood enthusiast. Um, she she came along and she was just admiring his art, and her name was Sarah. And you know, as as luck would have it, the look in their eyes just crossed, and they it was like love at first sight. And so when he sold his first piece, he took his hundred dollars and carried Sarah off to Mardi Gras, where. She actually left him for a bartender at a club down there, and he ended up alone and sad at the end. So, jeez, Doug, <laughs> sad man. I wish I was there, dude. I give you a hug. I think you need a hug right now, bro. Actually, the first one was a lot happier, but then I lost it when y'all. I was gonna here. say, yeah. So, I, wish that was, I, I wish that one had stuttered out. Hey, <laughs> 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 Oh no! I am my <laughs> All right, I believe Ari, <sighs> you are up. Oh, but he wouldn't know because he took his headphones off. <sighs> All right, I believe Ari, you are up. What are your choices for the character plot twist? I'm up. Okay, I got this. I, I'd like to do a forklift operator uh, who needs to lose weight, and the bad guys win. All right. So, because I knew that that's what Nick wanted. So I don't even have a story for it, but I just wanted to block <laughs> like Hollywood squares. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, okay. So I think that we are dealing uh, um, with a story that takes place in the Northeast. And, um, you know, somewhat stereotypically, uh, our forklift operator uh, is named Louie. And Louie works uh, at the docks. He's a union guy working, uh, you know, working the forklift. And, um you know, there's a very strong, the stereotypical part is there's a very strong, like, mob influence, you know, at the docks. And so one day, uh, Louis not on the take, though. You know, he, he's a straight arrow. He, he's on, he's on, the, on the, the right path. But one day he kind of sees um, into one of the boxes that he's offloading from a ship uh, from, you know, overseas. And he sees uh, uh, heroin. Right? He's a big shipment of heroin. And so, you know. In ranch bottles, yeah. So on its way to Kansas. Nice. <laughs> so, Topeka. That's the uh, shipment. Yeah. yeah. So um, 
he sees this heroin and um you know he's he can't in good conscience just leave it you know so he goes and he tells the cops well the the underboss that runs the docks is a is a real like sociopathic type of guy you know he didn't just get ahead because he's you know the boss's son or something he earned his spot you know going up the ranks he's a uh you know just just a real deranged type of guy and he's really into horror movies so what he decides is that uh the underboss kidnaps louis's wife you know and louis a you know, I, I'm not one to talk, but he's a little on the heavy side. You know what I mean? Louis got a little bit of a little bit of extra padding, you know, a little more, you know, stuffing. <clears throat> and so the underboss says, you know, if you want your wife back, you know, I just got done watching Saw and uh, I want to see if I can make this work. So I want you to lose 30 pounds in three days or I'm going to kill your wife. And Louis goes, what kind of stuff is that, man? Like, this is not even how this goes. I got to lose weight. You kill her. Don't kill her. I, kill me. Losing weight's impossible. The underboss is real, real sadist, and he decides this is what I want you to do. So Louis gets on the internet and he starts looking at all the cleanses and all the fasts. You know how can I get this weight off of me so fast? He looks at intermittent fasting. You know he doesn't see anything that's kind of uh, anything that's going to guarantee he'll lose thirty pounds. So Louis, you know fires up the forklift and sets it on auto and Louis sticks his leg down, you know, up to the knee underneath the forklift times. Bah! They crush his leg off, right? He takes the leg, he weighs it. It's about 27 or 28 pounds. It's not enough. It's not enough, man. So Louis decides to take the other leg off. Like my wife is more important than my ability to walk. So he crushes his other leg off with the forklift. Now he's lost plenty of weight. So in his wheelchair, he wheels over to the, the underboss, right? Tells him, hey, man, I lost the weight. Give me my wife. Let me get out of here. I lived up to mind of the bargain. The underboss laughs and predictably shoots him in the head, right? Because the bad guys always win in these type of scenarios. And so Louie was just a poor, dumb guy in the wrong place at the wrong time. So Oof, that's that was intense. Would have been a good twist if the bad guy was actually the wife and she wanted him to lose weight. And so now she leaves him because he's like a nuggy in a wheelchair and she can't, you know, do the whole. Yeah, I was looking for the O. Henry twist there at the end. Nah, um, I didn't want to go. I just want to play. The bad guy's got to win. So I just wanted the underboss to win. But I love that that R.A.'s story was the uh, um, the biggest loser in Saw crossover event. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that you never know you wanted, but now you got it. Now you must have. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, Nick Thacker, it's down to you. All right. Uh, let's see. Give me a vivacious pirate okay. who has to raise a virtual pet, and the time is the 2300s. Okay. There's a vivacious pirate who's trying to raise a virtual pet in the 2300s. Yes. All right, Nick. Okay. This is very simple. Classic, classic meta story here. We have a vivacious pirate who has for some reason been given this weird little device that he doesn't even know what a device is. He's a pirate and he's not like, you know, a modern pirate. He's like from the 1700s, you know, swashbuckling pirate kind of guy. Um, And so he doesn't even know what electricity is, but he finds this thing and, you know, he looks at it and it's not that hard to figure out if there's a couple buttons, you know? And so he, he clicks them and the little thing poops and, you know, another one cleans it up. 
And he's like, yeah, it's kind of cool. So he's trying to raise his little virtual pet while he's, you know, swashbuckling on the high seas. That's a sword. And, uh, you know, he uh, <laughs> he goes and in, in, in finds buried treasure and all that stuff. And uh, his, his little pet just keeps dying, but he keeps, you know, starting over. And, um, you know, he notices that it, it's always there. It's like we know as the story people, the the let's see, the situational irony would be that why isn't the battery dying? Why isn't anything you know happening? It's just it's like being reset every day. Right. Um, we get to the end of the book. Plot twist. It's the 2300s. And there's a little girl playing a game called vivacious pirate and her job is to keep this little pirate alive as long as possible and she can't do it because she doesn't really know anything about pirating in the seven seas um so she keeps killing this guy and every day he kind of starts over uh, with his little 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 pet and so uh what we well, the reason he's got the little device is it's actually kind of a, a breach in the space-time continuum so he's sort of getting a glimpse of what's actually with the world that he's in um he's not actually controlling this little pet or there, there's not really a little tamagotchi thing it's just you know, um, it's her controlling him. All right. Thank you, Nick. Now, quick intermission. Anybody have anything to promote? Anybody got any books coming out? Anything on sale this week? Any big deals going on? Nope. No? no nothing this week. <laughs> Wish I did. Dang, man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I would have released a book if you had told me we were going to do <laughs> I'd have put them on sale for some you. Sales. So. Well, this will be here next week, so you can remember that for next week. All right. So this will probably be our final round. This is another story prompt called Boozy House. Architect. And and you guys watching uh, can vote on the last round now. Go ahead and put in those comments for who you thought. Character name for me. Architect Nick Duke loves to renovate old houses. See, these are real news stories. I just changed their last names. Architect Nick Duke loves to renovate old houses and was told the century-old home he purchased last year in Ames, New York, had been built by a German baron who turned out who turned to bootlegging in the 1920s. He was still surprised to find evidence within the walls one day, dozens of bottles labeled Old Smuggler Gaelic Whiskey. We discovered multiple false walls and secret compartments under the floor in our mudroom, he said. The foundation walls and floors in the mudroom are lined with intact cases of 1920s whiskey. I thought this was pretty cool. There's lots of different ways we could take this. Who would like to be the first to pitch us a story based on Boozy House? Hey, I, I just got a question for the the Nick. I consider Nick the subject matter expert on booze. Mm. So, well, I mean, you know, he wrote a book and everything. He's done the research. It's fair. What? Not only that, but I have a character from the book who wrote a book. It, it was perfect. It was very meta. Um, what would this stuff still be good? This whiskey from a hundred years ago? What would it taste like now? It, it, so it, like, the taste, the taste won't change. It won't no. be any good because back then the whiskey, the way they would would have made this kind of stuff would have been terrible. Like it would just taste like moonshine is what it is, mm-hmm. but it wouldn't have gone bad. And I mean, unless something else got into it, mm-hmm. which is unlikely. So like wine, the cork can sometimes fail and dry out. That's not going to happen with this stuff because it's mm-hmm. not air. Air is well, only going to improve it yeah, for the most part, you know? Hmm. I don't know. Can, I just want to. It, it could mold if if it didn't get air in it. So, but the whiskey yeah. itself can't mold. Well, if something got in it and created it, yeah, it could feed off the the alcohol. I mean, well, it just yeah. I mean, it would make more alcohol it's nasty. Well, okay, this is super interesting, but let's get back to <laughs> the I game think show. I think that's it. That's that it. That we're today. doing live on the air right now. Let's focus on well, that I, game show that I, we're doing live. I feel like someone in the audience wondered <laughs> if we could 
just drink this whiskey. You know, I was, I'm a man of the people, you know? If anybody in the know. audience was wondering that, please leave us a comment and let us know. I would have drank it, so. <laughs> I definitely would try it. Yeah. Okay, who would like to be the first to pitch us a story based on Boozy House? Um, I could come up with something. All right, Nick. Um, okay, so we got a classic case here of a um, story. Um, our, our boy Nick Duke has uh, has purchased this mansion, um, knowing full well that it is um, it's much bigger than anyone even imagined. Um, he he has reason to believe it's you know it's been in, um, he, he found like a basically an old journal an old diary because that's how every thriller has to start now um, of this guy who who built the house um, and said hey there's some there's a, like a whole secret underground you know infrastructure here that links up with um, all these old tunnels that go through the whole city um, and so you know it was this huge distribution network for bootleggers now when he buys the mansion everyone in the town kind of expects there to be some like secret to the place. And so instead of just pretending like there's not, um, and then actually starting his bootleg operation up again and, and using all these tunnels and everything, um, he comes out and says, Hey, this house is really cool. There's like secret doors and secret hallways. And then he even in commits to, to building a museum um, at a part of the house so that people can come in and see the bootleg industry, the, the whiskey industry from the 1920s, pre-prohibition, all that stuff, um, or post-prohibition. And then, uh, you know, no one will actually ask any more questions. But the truth of the matter is, it's still an active bootleg operation. It's all just happening um, under, like, the next level. Um, that's, that's what you got. What's going on? All right. On? Thank you, Nick. What's going I'm on? put the story back up here so you other two guys can take a look at it real quick. R.A. or Doug, who would like to go second? I'll give it a shot here. All right, Doug. Yeah. We'll see how this goes. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> if your fake mold in the whiskey isn't killing people in your story, I'm out. Oh, well. <laughs> um, this is, this is a, you know, the German Baron, you know, built this in the 20s, but you know, he lived there for quite a while and using his bootlegging during the twenties actually turned into um, a way to sneak in Nazis during the uh, World War II. So <laughs> he was using this um, house as a, as a way, as a kind of base for, you know, spies <clears throat> to come through the, um, come into our borders and, 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 you know, start spreading out and dissenting their Nazi, you know, trash around the country well nick duke here happens to come across you know these these highest these secret tunnels and and things and he finds you know documentation of who these nazis are and this is a you know a cabal that is still going on today with with hidden you know sects of nazis all around and so he becomes the target of people trying to hunt him down because the these lineage of Nazis living in this country have now become exposed. Um, most of the whiskey and stuff was, you know, actually nothing more than, you know, props for weapons and stuff hiding in cases and cases of this Gaelic whiskey. Turned out it was really just, you know, weapons that the Nazis were slipping in. So. Okay. Thanks, Doug. Uh, and I believe that's just R.A. left yeah story back up here all right yeah i'm left okay so i think that um this story all you know nick is just a 
uh, Nick Duke, not not our Nick down there. I don't want you to think I'm talking about you, bad about you. All right. Uh, but this all revolves around uh, the Baron, right? Nick is just kind of, you know, he's the he's the researchers on the Titanic in the movie. They don't really have anything to do with the story. The story all takes place in the past. You know what I mean? So the Baron, uh, before he immigrated from Germany, uh, his his grandfather shared with him the 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 family secret and their family secret was was whiskey was german whiskey uh which is actually a thing but it's not too popular you know in the states but uh the german whiskey uh was was really good really solid stuff and so when he immigrated to the states and prohibition happened he lost his job it was the depression you know well it wasn't the depression yet but the depression was coming so he knew that he was going to uh you know not really have a lot of work it was hard for immigrants to get jobs. So he started uh, a brewing batches of his family recipe and uh, it was a hit and everyone loved it. Well, <clears throat> he had to take on a partner so he could up his production and the partner paid in to the business a little bit and, you know, helped buy supplies, the mason jars and the stills and stuff like that. And so, uh, you know, they had a nice production line kind of going well. The problem is the the batches that they used to brew back then, you know, they sometimes had like turpentine and stuff in them. And, you know, they could make you go uh, make you go blind, but they could also kind of mess with your head a little bit. And uh, as the Baron was working out the best way to kind of stabilize the recipe, he was tasting it. He was tasting it, you know, and he slowly started to go a little bit mad. Right. He started to get paranoid. You know, everyone was kind of a threat to him. Everyone was a threat to his family's recipe. And, you know, he was charged with his grandfather with with, you know, keeping it a secret, keeping it under wraps. So eventually he starts to suspect that his partner is is going to steal the recipe from him and kill him. So, you know, after several weeks of of paranoia, uh, the Baron kills the partner. All right. He takes all the batches of whiskey that's left and uh, hides it in the walls of his home so no one else can ever uh, uh, get get it and, and try to deconstruct the recipe. And then he boards the walls up, leaves the whiskey in there. And then one day uh, at a saloon, you know, at, at one of the bars in town, uh, he gets in a, uh, well, a speakeasy, I should say, because it's the prohibition. Uh, he gets in a fight with a, with a local and gets killed. And so no one ever knows that the whiskey's in the walls and the recipe died with the Baron, uh, the Gaelic whiskey. So that's what we're dealing with. All right. Thanks, R.A. Now, uh, let me put a banner up here to visit storyonthespot.live. And if you want to find out who won this train wreck of an episode, you can just turn and tune in next week to find out. I'm sure it's going to be a fierce competition. Um, and do -ba -do. does anybody have any parting words of wisdom before we get out of here? Yes. Mm. Are you going to say them, Nick? No, that was that was my word. Oh, that was it. Also, if you're yeah, watching and you're wondering if uh, Nick has a giant wart on his face that keeps moving, it's not actually your screen. See, look, if I move Nick up here, it's still there. It's his screen. So there's it's my camera if, actually. If, if camera, if you've been wiping that spot on your monitor for the last <laughs> half hour, <laughs> keep wiping, guys. It'll come off. Keep wiping. <laughs> so it's, I was so frustrated. It's the eye camera on my or the eyesight cam on my iMac or whatever it's called the cinema display i think it's a little dot of humidity mm. well so we are going to 
be back next week, Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern. So you can set your calendars for that. Or also when, you, when you're when you watching live, if you tap the, the bell, I think. Facebook sent me an email and told me to say this. You tap the bell and then where's notifications, you can choose to get notified every time we go live. That's what you want. You want the one that tells you every time we go live. Um, so that's about it for us. You wait to get the results. Hey, yep. Yeah, it's but, um, just a week. RH Brown said, just like the election needs a week to get the results. Yeah, you know, quality takes time, RH. That's how it works. Um, so we will be back next week. I really want to thank Doug for popping in last minute when Kevin wasn't able to attend. And yeah. uh, we'll see you at storyonthespot.live where you can visit all our individual websites. Bye, everybody. Later.